This is one of our newest show sponsors. This is a business that was started by Chief Dave Robertson. And really what it all came down to is he knows that getting a fire job or getting promoted for the first time is incredibly hard. It's always a long process. It can be frustrating and it's, it's really incredibly challenging. What's even more challenging is that when you know that you always wanted to be a firefighter and that you would make a great firefighter or even more so being a great officer or chief and you just feel like no one will look at your resume or nobody will even give you a chance or take you serious for that promotion. So Chief Dave works really closely with you know creating just a team of two, the two of y'all. He's all about giving you the commitment that's unmatched towards achieving your, your career goals and exactly what you want to do. He will mentor and coach you to help you become the kind of candidate that these fire departments are all looking for and they can't miss. Chief Dave from Fire Edge, he comes with 25 years of fire service experience. Guys, go listen to the episode that I had him on the show. He talks all about it. He's been there and done that and actually earned his stripes in this business. On the business side, he's got thousands of hours of coaching and training, leading, consulting, recruiting, building hiring processes you know you name it and he's done it chief dave just talking to him he's all about the one-on-one connection he's all about customer service and he really genuinely does care about the fire service as a whole and the next generation of guys that we're bringing into this business for a 30-year career that all leads to having a strong passion with what you're doing and who you're working with that's the 100 percent commitment that chief dave has given to me Uh, with the third alarm cowboys and what he's given to every single one of you out there across this nation and in canada that are wanting to get involved in the fire service and are wanting to make that next step truly it doesn't matter if you are just a recruit that's aspiring to get a fire career job or you're a company officer that's wanting to become a chief or a chief officer that's wanting to move any high even higher what you got to do is figure out your why and find your passion that makes you truly love this job And that's what Chief Dave Robertson is doing with Fire Edge. So, guys, give him a chance. Go look him up. Give him a phone call. He's putting his personal number out there for the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast listeners to give him a call and get your fire career either started and going or moving in the direction in which you want to do. So give Dave a call at 519-384-3072. And that's Fire Edge Career coaching training and consulting y'all go give him a chance go get to know him he's a great guy go listen to the podcast episode that i had him on that's chief dave robertson i'm gonna also take a second to tell y'all about one of our show sponsors that's norse fire equipment out of north dakota whenever i first started talking about having sponsors for the show i really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other, and he seems to have fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap for Y'all go over to NorseFireEquipment.com, coupon code COWBOY5. That'll get you 5% off on your online orders. All right, guys, on with the show.
Hey guys, I'm going to take a second and tell you all about First Line Fire Service Training. It's a badass page on Facebook. I encourage every single one of you to go and follow them. Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20 plus years, plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there, getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on first-line fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he – owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that... I support his business and he supports mine. And that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. Dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is a podcast for firefighters. We talk about real-life situations, stuff in your station like leadership and promotions, and stuff in your personal life like relationships and finances. You name it, we talk about it. Some things may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. All right, guys. Well, this is our... Uh, Thanksgiving week episode, so I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody, you know, happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has safe travels if you're on the road, if you are on duty. Uh, fortunately, this year I actually have Thanksgiving off, and I'm going to be home with uh, with all my family and all the girls. It's our um, our holiday to have with my uh, kiddos that I've split with other parents, so this will be my uh, holiday off. So, uh <clears throat> I won't be on duty, but for those of you guys that are going to be on duty, you know, y'all be safe. And All right, guys, I'm just going to roll with it. It's storming pretty good in East Texas, so y'all forgive me if the sound is a little bit rough, but uh, I'll do my best to try to edit a lot of the rain noise out, but with a metal roof on a house, it's kind of hard to do. So uh, anyways, guys, yeah, if you're going to be on, on duty for Thanksgiving, then, you know, y'all be safe, pay attention. These holidays 
are going to be a little bit uh, different, I think. I kind of have the feeling some people may act a little crazy uh, just with times being tough, finances being strapped. A lot of people are stressed the fuck out. So y'all just, uh, you know, be vigilant and stay, stay paying attention. Take care of your crew and take care of the community. You know, there's a lot of people that just, they don't even know how to cook these days. So I wouldn't be too surprised if y'all make some fires. So y'all be safe and uh, happy holidays to everybody. And, uh, you know, especially have a happy Thanksgiving since that's, uh, that's what we're dealing with this week. But anyways, well, guys, I have to basically tell everybody just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much uh, for the support that y'all have given over this new uh, firefighter cigar line that we launched last week. The interest and the shares that and everything that I got from folks, you know, that I think that that particular post got shared uh, a couple hundred times just uh, across, you know, different groups and platforms and people tagging and all that good stuff. So, you know, that's uh, that's what drives that's what drives the traffic on, on social media for us. That's what gets the exposure out and, and allows us to be able to uh, to sell those cigars, which is how I'm able to do this show. Um, that's going to be another avenue, you know, that helps me be able to build this show and continue to keep it rolling and everything. So guys enjoy, you know, um, for listeners that haven't heard yet last week, I launched on for our one uh, year anniversary of the third alarm Cowboys. I launched a, a special line of cigars specifically for firefighters. That's something that I haven't, you know, ever seen before. And I wanted to do something special. That is something you can do to, you know, build camaraderie at your station and you know something just to enjoy that's cool to do and something that in throughout my career no matter what station i was at that was always something that the guys always tended to do we hung out outside hung out in the apparatus bay chilling in the chairs or whatever and everybody smoked cigars and you know swap stories and um you know clowned on each other and just all that good stuff just that's where deep down outside hanging out that's where that brotherhood is actually built. That's where that camaraderie is built amongst a crew. And it just, it's something that's traditional as hell. So I'm bringing that to the, uh, to the table with, for everybody to have that option, uh, to actually be able to support a firefighter owned, uh, cigar line. So guys, y'all go to uh, thirdalarmcowboys.com. Check that out. Four different levels of cigars from mild to bold flavored tobacco. These are absolutely without a doubt, the best cigars on the market. I partnered with Payne Mason, who is an absolute top-notch cigar company. Truly hand-rolled cigars. There's no machine packing, no chemical dyeing, so you won't have that bad aftertaste. Um, because they're truly hand-rolled and not machine packed, they actually burn the way a cigar is supposed to. They light good. Uh, just all around, it's a great experience, and it's a great product, and that's why I partnered with Payne Mason. They're partnered with... Pretty much all of your top-end car companies, Lamborghini, Maserati, uh, Ferrari, Bentley, all those major car companies, those guys that, that drive that, those type of cars and you know that are in part of the cigar clubs that with those specific individuals and everything, this is the cigars that they're smoking. Um, also, all the major casinos out in Vegas like MGM Grand, all those big resorts and shit, that's what they partner with for their uh, cigars that they actually give to their high roller customers and all that stuff. So this is a very high end product that I'm bringing to the table for firefighters, uh, you know, for you to be able to experience that. And a lot of guys, you know, that's not something that necessarily we've ever even been around. So now you have that opportunity to be able to support us and get to have just, you know, a badass, great tasting cigar. And you can take it to your crews, take it to your stations, help build that camaraderie that we are in desperate need of. Uh, 
one thing that was highly encouraging this weekend, as many of you know that follow us on social media, uh, the condemned saint, our third alarm fighter, RJ Nepp, he's been on the show a couple of times and told his story and some of his career and, and um, life experiences. He had his second professional bout as a boxer um, Saturday night in Houston, Texas. Uh, didn't really have the turnout that we wanted to. It was a pretty hard loss. We had a lot of anticipation going into this. Honestly, probably too much buildup, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, RJ was scheduled. He fought in February. He was scheduled to fight in a couple different fights. We went this summer down to New Orleans and ended up with the promoters and the Boxing Commission of Louisiana. Some issues happened, and they pulled the fight. He wasn't able to fight there. Um, and as well as a couple others that we had scheduled and things with promoters and all that kind of shit fell through. And so that's why we kind of got involved as far as being able to get, um, get some bookings going, you know, using basically us as kind of like a, you know, a management team, making phone calls, pounding the pavement, figuring out where we can get him in to get him some fights. And so it's been a long haul from February to now. And of course, RJ has stayed. Uh, he stayed highly conditioned. Actually, for this fight, I was I was thoroughly impressed. He didn't have to cut weight. He was already at his weight, and his his physicality was unmatchable. Uh, he's he had held his nutrition, his diet, as everything. He's been been sticking through it for months, so we had no issues going into this fight. And you know, he was primed up and ready. And it was an overall. It was it was a badass night. It truly was a badass night. And I got to tell y'all. The guys that showed up, we had firefighters all over the stands. We had guys that RJ and I worked with from the east side of Houston, guys that RJ's worked with over 10-plus years ago from some of his other departments or EMS whenever he flew for PHI. Some of those guys even showed up. We had the on-duty crew from Cypress Creek Fire Department there on the northwest side of, of Houston. They showed up, you know, brought the trucks out, showed up in uniform, showing, you know, just complete um, – respect and uh representing of the fire service and the brotherhood i got to speak with the with the guys on duty uh the captain on that crew he was like you know i don't even know rj but i've heard he's a good dude but bottom line is it's a firefighter and he's out here you know putting it all out getting in a damn ring as a professional boxer so we're absolutely going to support him because that's what the fire service brotherhood is all about and i couldn't have been any more proud for that i never met this guy he's never met me um never even actually heard of each other but just the sheer fact that we have officers, and he is a younger officer. He's probably the same age as me. Um, the fact that we have officers that are out there that are truly preaching that message and, and now teaching it, that shows that we're, we're making changes. And, you know, from, from this platform, we're making changes nationwide. And, you know, from guys that are going and, and getting information and getting education from other great leaders out there that are wanting to do the right thing for the fire service, it, we're making changes and we're getting somewhere. It's going to be a long haul. This has been 20 years in the making of the bullshit that a lot of us are dealing with. And that's what a lot of guys, you know, don't understand is we can't fix this shit overnight. We can't fix bad leadership of the fire service overnight because it didn't develop overnight. Like I said, this shit has been coming 15, 20, 25 years at a lot of departments. So something that guys can actually kind of correlate this with is for those of us like myself you know that have been overweight at different times in our lives you know it takes a long time to pack on that weight sometimes it takes months or even years for some guys you can't just take a pill or do one workout and be back to your prime physical shape 
And that's really where we are with the fire service. We have a terrible, terrible, terrible level of leadership. All of you know this. I'm not talking about anything that every other fucking seminar and conference nationwide is already talking about. It's the biggest, hottest, most selling topic in the fire service right now is leadership, leadership, leadership. But I see it, and I've been to a lot of these conferences, guys. Like, I'm I'm a, stu a student of this just as much as y'all have. I've been to the leadership symposiums in Texas. I've been to the conferences, been to the classes, read the books. And it's great information. It absolutely is. But the reality is, if you don't bring a lot of those lessons home and start truly fucking applying it to your crews, or if you're in that chief spot, applying it to your department, getting out of your own way and taking those lessons learned and actually putting it into application in your department with the people that you know, then it's useless information. And I understand the biggest issue when it comes to that is guys don't want to be ridiculed. Guys don't want to get their jobs in jeopardy. Guys don't want to piss people off. But the reality is somebody's got to fucking do it, y'all. Somebody has to start being that good leader. Somebody has to do it. You can't just stop and wait. I mean, that's what's wrong with our entire nation right now. No matter what side of the of the, the political spectrum you're on, we are being led by a bunch of people that are not tending to business. They do not have the American people in their best interest. That's the bottom line. They are 100% out for themselves, making all their millions and millions of dollars and all that shit that every single one of you have heard of on both sides of the aisle. Republican, Democrats, they're all fucking doing it. There's some good on both sides, y'all. The reality is, is there's some good folks on both sides, but until those people come together and they nominate leadership, then the political spectrum of the United States is going to just continue to be a shit show. So what we have to do in the fire service is we have to put apart petty differences amongst us as crews and start nominating and pushing forward our strong leaders. I had a conversation this morning with uh, with some of the guys at work, and we were talking about leadership and this, that, and the other, and how so many people in the fire service could absolutely be great chiefs. They could be great captains, or they could be a great the head chief, but they refuse to be the one to do all the things that they say they want to do because they're worried about having the target, they're worried about pissing people off, or bottom line, they're worried about losing their job. I spoke very heavily on that on the last episode. That's something that I have witnessed the majority of my career is, is in the fire service is the Game of Thrones syndrome within the fire departments. No matter where I've been, that's the case. People are playing this and playing that. Nobody just truly says what they believe in. Nobody just truly does what they believe in. And it's okay if people don't fucking like you. We need all walks of life in the fire service. That's what, what one of my crew members was saying, and he's a very senior guy. He started in the fire department literally before I was born, so he's got 30-plus years in. He's been in that chief's role, and now he stepped back down, and he's in an EO spot because he wanted to finish off the, with the, the way that the department transitioned into the career department all that. He wanted to just finish off in the EO position so he didn't have to go obtain all the certifications that he currently holds on a different level. So Texas is kind of split. We have the state fire marshal's office, which regulates some fire departments, and then we have the Texas Commission on Fire Protection, which regulates the other departments. And a lot of the certifications, especially in the officer or chief level and leadership levels, those certifications won't necessarily transfer. So if you want to hold, if you work, if you're working for a department that's regulated by the fire marshal's office, and then they go paid and careered 
which now puts them at a level they need to go and transition to the Texas Commission on Fire Protection, you then have to hold those certifications on that side. And a lot of them aren't transferable without having to go and do a bunch of classes and all that. And he's at the end of his career, and he's not he, – he's just basically wanting to take the knowledge that he has on the operational level and share that with the new incoming people, coach up the new incoming people, and then, you know, gracefully bow out. So that's fine. That's completely respectable. I understand that 100%. I'm kind of at that point myself on a lot of aspects. So – we have some great conversations because he and I have both been in the officer seat. He's been in that chief's role. So we're able to talk a lot and be able to bounce ideas off each other on different things that we think we can do going forward. And that's kind of what we were doing this shift. We were talking a lot about um, you know, how there is a major lacking in the fire service of guys that will just genuinely speak their mind. We are a nation, the United States of America, that was founded upon freedom of speech. And what guys need to understand is that is in all aspects of your fucking life. See, 20, 30 years ago, they started implementing political correctness. See, that wasn't an issue before. A lot of your, your major influencers and stuff talk about this that are older guys. That was not an issue. If you didn't fucking like pine trees back in the day, you could say, I don't fucking like pine trees. But now, you have all these different regulations on what you can say. And honestly, guys, what most of this shit is, is it's in your fucking head. A lot of this censorship that y'all all think is out there, it's truly just in your head. This show is a prime example of it. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, man, we love, we love what you talk about, but you know, I just can't say a lot of that stuff. Why can't you? Why can't you say it? I'm no different than every single one of you. But the reality is, is we have a lot of guys that even on their days off, they self-censor themselves. They are worried about pissing people off. When in all reality, guys, the United States of America was truly, truly, truly founded on being able to say whatever the fuck you wanted to say. People don't have to like it. My barber, I was sitting in, in the barber's chair two days ago when we were getting ready to go to RJ's fight. And I was getting my hair cleaned up and all that. You know, I got to be presentable now that I'm a, a businessman and all. So I go in there and he was messing with me because a couple days before that, my brother had been there and my brother was telling him about the cigar line and how the podcast is going and all this, that, and the other. And of course the barber messes with me and he says, he says, man, your brother was in here clowning on you. I said, how's that? And he said, well, you know, he was talking about how he could never do what you do because he could never get up front of you know hundreds of thousands of people and be able to speak. That's not something that he wants to ever be able to do. That's that's you know which and honestly that's a a major fear for a lot of folks. So yeah, most uh most people's biggest fear is comes from public speaking. They don't want to do it, and I understand that. That's uh that's just a something that I'm you know comfortable doing. I I was raised having to do speeches and all that kind of good shit. So that's not necessarily a fear of mine. So we were talking about it and I was, I was basically cutting up with him and said, you know, the funny thing is about it. Yeah. I'll speak to millions of people, but the millions of people won't necessarily all like what I've got to say. And that's just a reality guys. Not everyone is going to like everything that you have to say. Not everyone is going to like the same shit that you do, but it is your job. Absolutely. Your job and your duty as an American, 
to speak how you feel and to speak freely. Now, in the fire service, we love to throw up this shit about paramilitary and this, that, and the other. But at no point did you sign your rights as an American away when you went to work at the fire department. That is an absolute false sense of power that so many people in the fire department have. Now, are there certain things you can't say on scene? Are there HIPAA laws that you know prevent you from releasing certain informations? Yes, absolutely. But your ability to say, hey, I don't believe in, in treating someone this way. Hey, I don't believe in doing that to that guy or that girl. That's 100% your fucking freedom to do so. And it is your duty as an American in this country to do that. And I'm here to tell y'all, no matter what certain people, leaders, chiefs, whatever, like to think themselves as dictators. I like to say a lot on this show, you know, a lot of a lot of chiefs out there think that they're a king and they reign over you and it's their kingdom. That's just an absolute, that's a false, it is a 100% false statement on their part. It's a false sense of security. See, their job is more so at jeopardy than what yours is. Because the reality of what most people in the fire department know or don't know, but I'm going to educate you on it, and it's something we talked about earlier this morning or, or um, this shift is if you have a good reputation as a firefighter, you can get another fucking job, guys. But if you have a reputation as a shitty chief that treats his guys bad or steals money or does corrupt shit or whatever, all that stuff, they can't hardly get another job. That's the difference. Your reputation on an operational level matters. From beginning to end. And whatever your title is, is the operation that you need to conduct. And so many people forget that because they get caught up in, in the wanting the bugles and wanting the power and wanting this and wanting that. And they've lost track of what their actual duties are, their obligations are, and what the fucking laws of this country and whatever state that you live in are. There are protections in place for you. I have literally been talking about this since the beginning of this show. And it is getting traction. Guys are starting to understand. Guys are starting to realize like, hey, I can say, dude, don't come at me like that. Don't, don't think you can cuss me out. If you think you can cuss me out, I can fucking cuss you right back. That's a reality. You need to be good at your job. Guys need to be training. If your superiors are training you and teaching you great information, then you need to listen. But if your superiors are just out for, for the power and the glory and to basically belittle you and make you out to be like their servant or make you out to, you know, like you, you truly serve them, then it's your obligation to correct that behavior. It absolutely is. We have a lot of leadership out there that is lacking that whole deal. And going back to what I saw at RJ's fight, that was the, the a lot of these guys are a lot younger than me. That is the next generation of guys coming up in the Houston area where I work. There was people from multiple, multiple, I can't even name them all, different departments that worked there. I was beyond proud of all the, the firefighter representation that showed up at RJ's fight. And we, we got five more right there in Houston at the same venue. It was a great venue. It, it's completely catered to and been, you know, it is literally a boxing arena. That's what it is. It was it was a badass venue. Um, the guys that, that own that, the promoters that are putting on the fight, it was, it was an overall, 
it was just a, a badass experience, and RJ did his best. We're going to go in for the next fight, and he's going to be primed up now. He knows exactly what he's looking at. He's not going to have almost a year of anticipation. Uh, and there was a little caveat, too. I, I forgot to mention that um, you know I'm not in RJ's head, uh, but I could just tell you what it was doing for me. So he was supposed to be fight number two on the fight card. That's how he was listed. And he ended up not fighting until fight number six of the night. And they kept bumping it back, bumping it back, bumping it back because I think they knew it was going to be a badass fight, so they were pushing him. But he was the fight before the main event. Well, when you go in and you're like, you know, I mean, y'all know how it is. You you have the, the anticipation and all that shit, and you're expecting, you know, that you're up next, and then they call an audible on you, and they bump you. And you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And that might have had something to do with it. But overall, RJ pushed the fight. He he held the center of the ring uh, very strong. And it, overall, he had a he had a great opponent. There was a lot of um, honestly a lot of, of sportsmanship that was expressed between both of them. The guy that he fought uh, really was a, was an honorable fighter. I'll say that. I mean, they they were very respectful to each other, and it, it was it made me proud to see that because so many people, especially in combat sports, they just uh, you know there's a lot of disrespect, there's a lot of shit talking, and the sport part of that because regardless of what you think about it it is still a sport uh most people just they get too vindictive and they think that everything's got to be a grudge and this that, and the other and it's not i mean both those guys are in there they're going and putting their nuts on the line and and going you know just all out for uh proving something to themselves. that every single fighter that you talk to that is what they're in there they're competing against themselves they want to see how good they truly are and you know they have upsets they have uh, bumps in the road, and that's that's what RJ faced this week. Um, he sustained a little bit of an injury, and ultimately, I think that's what ended up costing him the fight because it went to the scorecards. The judges ended up ruling, you know, in favor of his opponent. And honestly, what I think it was is I want to say it was in the in the final round or the second to last round um, towards the end of it. But anyways, towards the end of the fight, RJ sustained a pretty good cut to his left eye. Uh, he was bleeding pretty good, and I think that's what ended up kind of swaying the judges to give uh, the fight to his opponent, just because RJ had you know good visible uh, injuries, damages with the blood and everything like that, and his opponent did not. Um, but I mean, RJ knocked him down. Um, RJ didn't get knocked down. I mean, it was he knocked him on his ass. It was some really great moments in the fight. Uh, it's posted right now as a live stream on Third Alarm Cowboys Facebook page. I tried, you know, I went live and, and tried to give you guys that uh, that wanted to see from from other parts of the country. Uh, but RJ's parents were there. Got to meet them. Great people. Uh, just overall, man, the Fire Service Brotherhood showed up. It really did, and it was really a breath of fresh air for me to see that to see the support for RJ. Uh, to know that we were just there supporting him it was all about RJ that night, and it just it was it was badass. It was badass to see that from from the young leaders that are coming up, and that's what as a fire service, that's what we need. This old crusty bullshit that's uh, that's going around in the fire department of you know guys that that truly just right place, right time. This huge transition of going from volunteer days to paid days and people getting transitioned into chief's jobs and all that shit that we've experienced over the last 10 or 15 years, primarily in my state in Texas, you know, it's it's just it's showing its true colors. And so it's up to us, the next generation of leaders, to 
right this ship in the right direction, to be strong with the brotherhood, to actually give a shit about each other. And I'm going to give you all some little tips on this show. Uh, I wanted to get all that, you know, announcements and and let everybody know, because we do have a lot of listeners that listen to this show that are older guys that aren't necessarily on social media. And so I wanted to give everybody an update on on RJ's fight, kind of where we're at. He's got another fight scheduled, I believe, um, February 24th. Same venue, Houston, Texas. Um, he signed this six-fight contract. So that's where we're at. This will be fight number two. Um, he's going to get his eye healed up. He's got some stitches he's got to let come out uh, over the next week and stuff and, and get his eye healed up real good, and then we'll be we'll be ready to roll again. So that's really where we're at with, with uh, our third alarm fighter. Captain R.J. Nip, uh, guys, I'm. I just can't tell y'all how proud I am of him. Uh, he's come a long way. His physicality, he makes me look like shit, y'all. He, we were about the same size when we were working together, and what he's done with his fight career and chasing his dreams of being a professional boxer. I mean, he's dropped a hundred pounds for sure, um, and just looks just incredible. Um, his mindset, everything. Uh, for those of you that have listened to his show, you all understand. R.J.'s been to the bottom. He's been to the bottom, and uh, he's used this as his avenue to to pull himself up. Uh, he loves the fire service, but his true passion, I believe, is combat sports. Uh, and the reality to that is that is a short-term career, just like the fire service is a short-term career. Guys can, um, you know, we can fake it all day long about how tough we are and shit, but I'm here to tell you all, at 33 years old, I just burned last shift. We had to go do a training burn in the burn building uh, for several fucking hours. I was a stoker and and uh, basically a division two. I was on the second story of, of a burn building, division two safety. And just being in that hot ass burn room for, I don't know, four or five hours, um, I was whipped and I was sore. And so whenever you start getting in your 30s and like RJ in your 40s, um, you start seeing a timeline. You start seeing shit different. When I was in my 20s, you couldn't tell me a fucking thing. There was nothing heavy enough. There was no work that was hard enough. And now I get the soreness a little bit. So that's just the reality of it. We're going to keep pushing through. But just know that your life as a as a firefighter doing the door kicking down shit, it does have a timeline. You know, some, the most of us hope to live, you know, 75, 80 years old. And you do, say, a 30-year career. That's going to take a serious fucking toll on you. A 30-year career at a busy place where you burn a lot, that's a hardcore toll on your body. So, you know, that's just that's the facts of how it goes. So, I'm going to transition a little bit and do a little bit of coaching of things. I, I talk about these young guys and, and folks coming up. And something that I really want to kind of drive home for the new leaders that are coming up. Something that I want to teach y'all that's not on the books anywhere, but it's desperately needed in today's fire service and desperately needed when it comes to the fire service brotherhood. I know you guys have heard me talk about, you know, the lessons I learned watching my dad and, and his his friends and shit and the fire department and all that growing up and all the little things. And that's stuff that Honestly, I guess it's it's our job as the senior firefighters now to pass down to the next generations. So a hot topic at a lot of departments is mandatory overtime, uh, getting held over. I know most of you have all experienced it. Some of us, like myself, have experienced this honestly at an abusive level. But 
Do I believe that that's the firefighter's responsibility? No, I don't. I think personally that if a department cannot staff its apparatus, then that's 100% on the fucking chief. I think that the fire chief has the responsibility to ensure that he staffs the shifts adequately enough where even if people take off on vacation, the shifts should still be covered without having to mandatory a shitload of people. The reality is, is that a lot of departments, that's not the case. My former department, at any given time, we were down, manpower-wise, almost an entire shift. So, people were getting mandatory every single day, including myself. You got mandatory constantly, every fucking shift. They would call and say, hey, uh, such and such called off, or such and such quit, and so we need you to work. Um, and, and that's a failure on leadership. That's a failure on administration. You know, we can get into all the, the different reasons why all that is, but I'm not going to touch on that today. But the reality is, is spots have to be filled. As a fire department, we have the responsibility to make sure that that fire protection or that EMS is provided to the citizens. That's the reality. Now, different chiefs go about that shit different ways. Uh, some I agree with and some I do not. But the reality is, is, is that's the sticky situation that, that cities and uh, fire administrations are in. The, the taxpayers pay to ensure that when they call 911, the right amount of people show up. And guys, y'all got to understand that. That is that is the rea reality of what we're dealing with. So, with that being said, chiefs have got to ensure that they're not fucking their guys over in the process of to make sure that that happens. If you work at a department that is constantly short of staff then you need to adjust whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're not hiring quickly enough because to match the retirement. Like Houston Fire Department, I talk about them a lot. Houston Fire Department is insanely understaffed because after they did the, the mayor did the pension reform a few years ago and changed their entire pension system, the guys that were eligible to retire under the old pension system, they rolled out. They wanted to ensure that they were getting the high interest rate, the top numbers, all that shit, and you can't blame them. They've, they've all put in a 20- or 30-year career under this other pension system. That's what they put their money into. So they're not going to let their money get taken away or their monthly income on their pension getting cut in half, which is what happened to Houston. So they had hundreds and hundreds. So Houston is supposed to have 4,000 personnel on on their online personnel. Uh the reality is, my last numbers I heard that they were like seven or eight hundred short, so almost entire shift short, and that's due to massive fucking retirements, and that's just that's just the nature of the beast. So they are putting on academy after academy after academy, trying to get people hired in. But when you're running a twenty person academy four times a year or five times a year, that's a hundred. That takes you seven fucking years worth of academies to get caught up, and that doesn't count all of the hundreds of people that are going to be retiring normally over the next few years. So that might be one of your issues, is your hiring is not matching uh, what's retiring or leaving. Now, if you're one of these places that has an insane turnover rate because you can't retain personnel because it's a toxic work environment, then you need to go listen to some of my previous episodes. But the reality is, is staffing is a problem at a lot of places. And it is the fire chief and the fire administration to fix that problem. Now, it could just be, you know, like my department. 
It's a massive amount of growth. They've built two new stations in the last couple of years. They transitioned from a part-time and volunteer department into a full-time department, and they're having to supplement, compensate with part-timers, and it's just a growth issue. They're they are hiring uh, as quick as they possibly can, but it's just a, the the community itself is growing faster than what was anticipated. So that's something that a lot of departments are doing, especially if you're covering you know um, residential type. Uh, suburbia areas where they're building rooftops faster than y'all can count and people moving there quicker than you can count and you're having to build stations and you know between buying the property bidding the jobs and all that shit you're two to three years out from building a station well 10,000 homes have been built in in those three years and you're you're behind that's a reality that's going on at a lot of fucking places so i get all that but the bottom line is the asses still have to be in the seats right that's the that's the problem that's the issue so it's, it's a solvable problem. Now, whatever your method of your department may be that you want to do, whether it's you know mandatory call-in lists or whatever, which I'm not a huge fan of that, but um, the reality is, is guys have got to step up. So something that was a very common practice whenever I was a, a younger firefighter when I first got in this, and it was preached from the older guys, and it's not even talked about now. Uh, and a lot of you may not fucking like this, but this is the reality. And if if you want to restore the brotherhood of the fire department and you want to restore uh, kind of where we were with the camaraderie, then there's certain aspects of the old school fire service that we're going to have to adopt and bring back. Many of us were brought up into that. And because a lot of these young guys have never been talk, taught it, and a lot of these young guys have never been shown or it's never even been talked about people just don't know so that's what i'm going to talk a little bit about is some of the things that i would i would expect a lot of you to step up and start handling it will also make your fire chief's job simpler on a lot of aspects so here's the deal young guys coming in you don't have to like this but like I tried saying, in the, you know, teaching in the beginning of this episode, sometimes shit just has to be said regardless of whether people are going to like it or not. Young guys that are out there, if you don't have young kids, if you don't have, you know, if you're if you're not newly married, basically if you're a single guy or a single girl, you need to step up during the holidays and let those folks that have kids, especially young kids at Christmas, Step the fuck up and pick those shifts up for those guys. That's just the that's the cold hard shit. When I was young and single before I had kids, I did it. I worked the Christmas. Guess what? You're getting paid overtime or double time to do it anyway. But the fact of the matter is, is Santa ain't coming to fucking see you. And these guys that, that have come ahead of you probably did that for the the guys ahead of them. And now, I mean, I worked with a guy. No bullshit, y'all. 25 years old, and he refused to work holidays. He would literally call in on fucking every holiday. He tried to refuse to work weekends because he said he didn't work weekends. Well, I'm sorry, buddy. The fire service ain't the place for you. We do work weekends. We do work holidays. But what I'm telling y'all, if you want to have a good reputation at your department and you want to try to restore that brotherhood and that camaraderie, Simple things like that, being the young guy that steps up and says, hey, man, you know, I know you got little ones at home. It might be your baby's first Christmas or, or whatever, or, you know, even up to 
four, five, six years old, you're still, you know, Christmas is still a really big deal to those little kids. Step the fuck up and take those shifts. A, a holiday, you're going to get paid more. Most most single folks want to get paid more because you have a different lifestyle. I get it. I did the same shit. That's why I worked it. I would work it so I get the overtime so I had more party money. But it meant the world to those guys that I volunteered to take the shift for them so that they could have off with their families. That's a big deal, and that is massively missing in today's fire service. Guys are being selfish as fuck about their time off, thinking that they're the only person that wants time off. But the reality is, when you fucking call off, and especially if I am scheduled to be off for Christmas, like I get off the day before or whatever, and then you fucking call off, and I get fucking held on Christmas, and I got kids, dude, you're a piece of shit. That happens a shitload. Every single one of you have experienced that. Guys that fuck people on holidays, they don't come in or whatever. That shit's just wrong, y'all. If you're scheduled, whatever, do like I do. Like what we're having to do. Because I'm scheduled to work for Christmas. So we're going to schedule and do our Christmas on another day. Because we have the baby. And then the other girls will be at their other, other parents' houses. Which is cool. I understand everybody doesn't have that. But... For a lot of people out there, they don't have that situation where they can't necessarily reschedule. But if you have that ability to try to do that and you can work for that guy that does have young ones, young kids, whatever, then you need to step the fuck up and do it. No one else is going to tell you that shit. That used to get preached. That's one of those things that's been cut out amongst the last 10 or 15 years because people aren't trying to actually a whole, you know, be a... They're not trying to hold themselves accountable to the Brotherhood of the Fire Service. They want to walk around with bumper stickers and bullshit and act like, oh, yeah, brother, hey, brother, hey, brother, 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 all this shit, but you're not doing the brother shit. You're not stepping, taking, you're not stepping up and taking care of that brother to make sure he or she gets to go home and see their kids. You're not doing that. You're fucking no different than every other ass clown that we talk shit on that we don't like. You're doing the same damn thing. You're fucking over guys the same way. So start stepping up and doing that. That is a lesson that people need to understand and need to learn. What you do, the decisions that you make, truly shape your reputation. And that's a little thing that you can do that will give you a great reputation. Like, man, I could count on such and such. You know, I, I had little ones, whatever. They stepped up to, and took care of me whenever... My kids were little, so whenever I'm older, my kids are grown and gone, and they have little ones. Or in a few years, when mine are old enough that the holidays I can kind of change around, whatever, I'll work for him or her when they have little ones. That's how this shit works, guys. Scratch my back, I scratch yours. Take care of each other. It's little shit like that that we're missing, and nobody's fucking talking about it. But that's something that you need to do. Another thing. Recently been brought to my attention. Used to honestly be a pet peeve of mine. Um, as as many of you can tell, I don't mind speaking things that what I believe in. I don't mind speaking up and saying shit. So at my old station when I was a captain and I had this freedom, I would speak up and say some shit. But I know a lot of guys don't, but it irks their nerves. That's part of that self-censorship. That's part of that thinking that they can't say how they... Uh, what they believe in or anything like that. But the reality of this shit is little things. It's all about the little things, right? Okay, guys, when you go into a station and you're the new guy, 
If you're a rookie, then you don't probably need to be sitting in the Lazy Boys or on the couches anyway. I'm just going to throw that out there. You, you need to stay either sitting at the, at the kitchen table, watch office, your room. You haven't, been, you haven't been invited and welcome to come watch TV yet. Okay, that's just the reality. That's something that comes with time. That's something when the crew feels like you've earned it, you've earned it. Okay, so it is what it is on that shit. So one aspect to that, every other station, every station I ever worked in, the captain had his chair, the EO had their chairs, whatever, senior firefighter had their chair, and then you get whatever's left over or you pick something else. Okay? That's part of that deal. That's part of that privilege of having rank. That's part of that seniority. That's part of that brotherhood of tradition that guys are missing and not understanding. It's a simple thing. It's a little thing. But to some people, it will irk their fucking nerves. Like I'll tell you, whenever I was an officer, I had my chair. And the thing is, guys, you got to understand, every station may be different, but the stations that I worked in, I'm just going to tell you, Captain had the remote. Captain controlled the TV. That's why I got stuck watching fucking WWE, and I don't even like wrestling. That ain't my thing. But the captain that I worked for at that time was all into it, whatever, so I had to watch the shit, okay? Captain does, does the TV. Now, if he or she allows for whoever to pick something, then consider yourself blessed. But normally, that's not the case. But what you need to understand is even when you're on overtime or you're the new guy at that station, you need to figure out where everybody sits before you plop your fat ass down. That's just a fact. Okay? So, I heard a story recently about a guy uh, that was, it was well, this was an issue with. It was one of my good friends was calling me and telling me they had a guy working. He's sitting in the damn EO seat. New guy. Sit in the O seat, middle of the day, all this, that, and the other. EO had to get on his ass and be like, hey, man, like, we all been out here working. You're kicked the fuck up, you know, feet up in, in my chair at that. Get your ass up. I know whenever I was a captain, I had my chair. EO was sitting beside me, whatever. I'd have guys that rode on overtime, firefighters, rookies, sitting there in my chair, feet propped up. Dude, get out of my chair. That's my chair. They'd pooch their lip out, be pissed off, whatever. It's just a fact. I take the fucking remote out of people's hands. I had one guy that literally tried setting up his fucking Xbox to play on the day room TV in the middle of the day when we've been out there training. He was hooking up his shit. Then we come back in and we're gonna, you know, getting ready to chill for the afternoon and everything after we got all that shit knocked out. He's in my chair. Feet propped up, playing fucking Xbox. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know how y'all run it. He said, well, the captain on my shift stays in his office. Well, I don't give a fuck what the captain does on your shift. This shift, we all watch TV together. We find something we want to watch, whatever. And, and that's just how it goes. So, guys, you got to figure out the dynamic of the crew. That's how you get in on that camaraderie. That's how you get in with that brotherhood. Is even simple things like who sits in what chair. You damn sure don't want to be the guy if you're the rookie or especially, especially guys, because we have some on here. If you're a student, if you're an EMT or a paramedic student that's doing ride outs at a fire department, stay the fuck out of the chairs. I'll just tell you now, stay the fuck out of the chairs. You're not paid to be there. You have not earned jack shit to be there. You are a third wheel. 
they have allowed you to come to learn from them and ride on their apparatus with them to get what you need to where you can even get into this field. You do not deserve to be in a fucking lazy boy. And you damn sure don't deserve to be in a lazy boy with your feet kicked up and sound ass fucking asleep in the middle of the day. You are a student. You need to be respectful. You need to be helpful. If you ever want to get a fucking job, you damn sure need to do exactly what I'm telling you. Be studying. Be asking questions. Be the first one on the truck when a call comes in. Be ready to roll. Don't make the crew have to wait on you because you're dicking around. And damn sure, damn sure, damn sure, do not be sound as fucking asleep in the middle of the day, in the middle of the day room where everybody and their mama could see you that walks through there. Do not do that shit. It makes you look terrible. People will remember you and you will get a bad rep and you will probably not ever get hired at that fire department or anywhere in that area because when people call and say, hey, didn't do, didn't such such do their ride outs with y'all? Oh, yeah, man. You ain't gonna believe this shit. This is what this student did. That's a real reality and that shit happens. Y'all have to fucking like it, but like I said, you ain't got to like everything that I say, but you just need to understand it's exactly what the fuck happens. So it's the little things, guys. It's the little things that will make the, the world a difference in being able to build the camaraderie, being able to reestablish what the fire service brotherhood is truly all about. It's it's just the little shit. Uh, and I, I understand that a lot of guys just don't know these things. A lot of guys have never been told this shit. The guys have never been told, hey, if you're you know if you're a single young guy or single young girl or whatever, and you don't have, you don't have little kids. Then step up and work for somebody that does have little ones. Nobody's probably ever told you that. But it's the respectful thing to do because I'm here to tell you, those of us that have been in 10, 15, or plus years, that was going on back then. We were taught that, so most of us probably did that. We worked the holidays for the guys before us. And we are expecting, honestly, truthfully, I'll tell you, I expect the younger guys behind me to step up and fucking take care of me now that I have the little ones. Because it's bullshit whenever I get mandatory. I stepped up for the first, I don't know, five, ten years of my career and worked for the other guys. And then now that I'm one of the older guys that has little ones at home and have the holiday shit, and I get fucking mandatory because a 22-year-old calls off for fucking Christmas. That is fucking bullshit. You don't have to like it, but I don't give a damn. That's the fucking reality. Step up and take care of each other with a little shit like that. That really means a lot. And, you know, like one of the crew members I were, he's an older guy. He doesn't have kids at home. He doesn't have all that. So he comes in and works for the younger guys. So it doesn't have to just be the young guys, the young, brand new, the fire service. If you don't have the kids at home, y'all, then, and the kids are already grown and gone. Then come in and work that for the, for guys that do have kids. Be the lead by the example being the old guy doing that shit. You can't bitch about what the young guys do when you haven't taught them a damn thing. And we're seeing that time and time and time again. It, I love all the memes and stuff that get put out. You know, the old guys are sitting back. They don't want to teach shit. They don't want to do shit. Blah, blah, but then they want to say how sorry the next generation is. That also goes along with the little shit that builds the camaraderie and the little shit that takes care of each other. That's not just tactics and fire shit. That is doing what's right by the men and women riding next to you. 
So guys, that's all I have for today. Uh, like I said, y'all have a great Thanksgiving. Um, I just hope everybody is safe. I hope that, uh, you know, those of you with family coming in and all that good stuff, you have a great time, get to enjoy that, that good family time, time with the kids and all that stuff. Guys, listen, listen to the lessons I have. I'm trying to do everything I can to, to reestablish a lot of that camaraderie that's just honestly missing. I hear it from everybody, you know, guys are just in it for themselves. Everybody only looks out for themselves. This is just a dog eat dog, blah, 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 all that shit. And I'm like, well, fuck, man, you, somebody's got to do the little shit. You can't just point fingers and say that, you know, everybody's out for themselves and this is the Game of Thrones and all that stuff that I'm trying to point out and educate and basically expose we also have to be doing the little things to correct those issues. Please go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. Go check out the new cigar line. Go, you know, I have uh, I have several shirt designs that will be coming up after the first of the year. Different things that we've been working on as well as a couple other projects that we've been working on really just to... Uh, to help you guys out, to uh, you know, help build camaraderie, certain things that will help with uh, with your nutrition. Uh, I want to continue to thank First Form for partnering with us and helping sponsor this show, guys. All of you that work out, those of you that you know want to do nutritional supplementation, whether it's proteins, whether it's pre workouts, creatines, fat burners, testosterone boosters, hormone balancers, all that, you name it, and they've got it on that website. Go to firstform.com slash third alarm cowboys. By far one of the best companies for nutritional supplements on the planet. Their leadership within that company is absolutely top notch. The culture of that company needs to be the direction of the United States. Andy Frisella is, is an amazing businessman. He's an amazing American. He believes in true pro-American ideas to help us, to help the American people. Uh, he has a podcast called The Real AF. He talks a lot about nationwide and worldwide issues that he could fix. He does some Q&A episodes with business stuff or personal development, all that kind of good stuff. It's all out there. Y'all go check out that podcast. But just know that that company is sponsoring us. They believe in what we're doing for the fire service. They believe in, in the mission that we have for making firefighters better on and off the job and just overall trying to rebuild the camaraderie, rebuild the brotherhood that I was raised into, that I believe in, that I know is still out there. I saw it this weekend. I saw the presence of it with the fire department representation that was there at RJ's fight. It was. It really was an amazing experience. I expect to see you know all of you that listen to this show. I, you know I saw a shitload of y'all watching on the live feed on Facebook, but y'all continue to support him. Go to condemn condemn Saint on Facebook. Follow him. Give his give your words of encouragement. He's out there representing us as a firefighter, getting in that professional boxing ring. So that's really important. And it takes a lot of guts to do that. It's easy to talk a lot of shit. It's a totally different ball game to climb through them damn ropes and get in that ring. I promise you, uh, you can see it. It's easy to fucking sit back an armchair quarterback, but it's not easy to go in there and and get your face beat in like RJ did. So, guys, uh. Go check out the new cigar line. Like I said, that's for everybody. If you enjoy cigars or even want to try one, go on there, check it out. I have a very limited 
launch package that I'm doing right now with Payne Mason. It is going to be um, you know, only available for another couple of weeks. It's two Third Alarm Cowboys cigars and a custom liner with a um, you know, a little felt bag and all that stuff and free shipping. That's kind of our launch package to go ahead and get the cigars out there to people and you know, really just just give you a great product for a great price. So go on to thirdalarmcowboys.com, get your cigars ordered. Going after that, guys, something I'm going to do that's very, very special specifically for the fire service and something that I'm going to be able to do with these cigars, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you all about it. If you work for a department, have a business, anything like that, or uh, you know, represented for a union, I have the ability and will and can uh, have the ability to make custom cigars specifically for you. So say you work for whatever fire department and you want a third alarm Cowboys cigar and you want to order it for your, you know, your union meetings or y'all have a big banquet coming up, a lot of guys smoke cigars, anything like that, whatever it is, name the, the example and I can do it. And I'm going to be able, I'm going to do it for people because it's, it's, it's going to be badass, but the deal is, is I could put a secondary band, like a lot of you that smoke cigars to see, I could put a secondary band and make it custom to whatever. So say you work for, you know, FDNY, I could do a shipment of cigars for y'all that are third alarm Cowboys firefighter cigars with a, a custom FDNY band or Houston fire department or whatever. I have that ability to do that. And that's something that I've, kind of bounce the idea around and just want to see, you know, what the interest is in guys. So if you want a custom cigar specifically for your fire department or your business or your union local or whatever it is that you have going on and you would like to be able to do custom cigars that have your name on them as well, then that's an option. You just need to uh, shoot me a message, shoot me an email, and just know that I can do that. It's it's a pretty pretty badass. I know that a lot of guys like cigars and it would be cool to have your name on it, right? That's, I mean, that's why I did, uh, this whole cigar line for firefighters. So guys, y'all enjoy your week. Continue to support our sponsors. We have some amazing sponsors. They've, they've done the world for me and kept me going throughout this year and, and allowed us to have the opportunity to continue to grow. Um, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Please go to Spotify and Apple podcasts follow and subscribe there. Leave us a review. I read all the reviews and I got some other big stuff coming up. I got a newsletter, uh, put together. I know a lot of you got that. I had a, um, quite a couple hundred actually, uh, people that have signed up, go to, uh, thirdalarmcowboys.com and you can sign up for the tag team. You plug your email in and put it on there. And what I'm going to start doing in the future is the people that are on that are going to start getting the information and, and start getting some of this stuff that I'm releasing. They're going to be able to, to get that information faster than some of our other followers. That's something I'm going to start leaning towards is really building a team and, and allowing those guys that have, you know, been loyal to us, supported us and all that. I'm going to basically give y'all first dibs on a lot of the stuff that we have coming up. So that's something that we're also kind of leaning into and, and headed in the direction. This uh, holiday season is going to be great, but it's going to be busy for me. So I'm going to continue to put out shows, but just know after the first year, we got some big shit coming out, even bigger than the cigar stuff. It's stuff that literally people can, will be able to use in their everyday lives and all that kind of good stuff. More apparel coming out. 
uh, with with some more different designs and all that kind of good stuff. I'm almost sold out of hats, <laughs> which is pretty crazy because I ordered a pretty big batch and y'all bought the shit out of them. So if you want a Tack Channel hat, let me know uh, or come go to thirdalarmcowboys.com, get them ordered. I'm shipping out quite a few today actually my wife took she was going to town a little while ago and she was taking some uh to the post office for me go ahead and get those shipped out so they get there before thanksgiving so guys i continue to thank y'all absolutely love the support we've grown a shitload over the last few weeks on social media and and i can't thank y'all enough that comes from all the the shares that y'all have given on my posts and everything like that so thank you all very much and we'll see you on the next one Put you right back in your place Just like a whaler said